If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Medicine in America, hosted by Anthony Manson and Todd Harrington, shares the stories of physicians, other healthcare professionals, and industry leaders who are changing the way we deliver care. There's an episode that you should check out called Primary Care Reimagined with Subscription-Based Preventative Care Model. It's an inspiring call for a paradigm shift in primary care. All of their episodes highlight innovative ideas at the forefront of the movement to transform our healthcare system. Check out Medicine in America on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to the Nurse Wellness Podcast, empowering nurses to manage stressors so they can intentionally reconnect with their purpose, optimize their wellness, and ultimately show up in the world the way they want to be seen. I'm your host, nurse practitioner, Wendy Garvin-Mayo, your stress solution strategist. In this podcast, you'll receive actionable stress management tips, insightful interviews, and strategies that focus on inspiring you to be your best, do your best, and give your best. With that, let's get started. Welcome to the Nurse Wellness Podcast, Dr. D. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much, Wendy. It's my pleasure to be here with you. Yes, let's start off by you telling us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So I go by Dr. D because there's always a little funny story to everything, right? Like, why Dr. D? Um, well, it's funny because all three of my names start with a D, right? So, and I know that my first name sometimes is a little difficult to pronounce. So uh, I thought something quick and easy that folks would recognize would be Dr. D and, you know, it's stuck. <laughs> so uh, my whole name, my whole government is Dania Diane Dunkley. Yes, my parents did that to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but um, I am... Uh, I've been a a nurse for 20 years and an RN for going on 18 of those 20 years. Started off as an LPN. And my background in nursing is in maternal child health and then transitioned into more leadership roles. And now I've transitioned to full-time being in academia, but I also am an entrepreneur. So I have two um, two entrepreneurial ventures, one on the nonprofit side and one for profit. But um, in a nutshell, um, who I am as as a professional, as an individual, um, there are, are a few things that um, if you know me, then you know I'm going to talk about them. Right? Is <laughs> one is empowering Black women, especially in the maternal health space. Right. And also advocating for more minority representation and diversity in all professions. But since I'm a nurse, I'm going to, you know, I'm uh, advocating for for that in a nursing profession. So that's in a nutshell, a little bit about me. A couple of fun personal things. I um, I live in New York and um, I have a little um, Shih Tzu um, and. and Lhasa Apso Mix Puppy, who is always the one making all the noise in my background, you know, in this Zoom day and age, I, you know, I can't, I can't control him. He's running all over the place. So if you hear a few noises, it's the baby. <laughs> <laughs> and um, 
Yeah, I, I, I'm originally born and raised in Jamaica and immigrated to the States um, as a child. But I'm going to stop rambling now because I'm sure you have other stuff you want to talk about. <laughs> yeah, so you are really focusing on, on two really important areas in healthcare. Right. Maternal health, black maternal health is is a thing. <laughs> the disparities that uh, lie there, we can have a, a whole series on that. But also, you know, black nurses in, in leadership uh, positions feeling empowered. So tell me a little bit about how you got into that. What made you say, ah, I want to focus in on here and make a difference in this sector in terms of, you know, black nurses being in leadership positions? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that sometimes you make a plan and you go after what you want and what you think your vision is in life. And then sometimes stuff just finds you and then it all kind of just comes together eventually. Um, I always knew as a kid, I wanted to be a physician. I wanted to be an OBGYN initially. Right. So maternal health was something that was always an interest. Um, it turns out that professionally I became a nurse, but I still pursued that maternal health piece. Um, and um, that's just something I think was a calling, right? Working with moms and babies always intrigued me. I was always that kid watching all the, you know, baby stories. And, you know, I was just fascinated by the pregnancy and childbirth process. Um, and so my, my personal um, passion for that and kind of intertwined with my career choice um, the leadership piece kind of came in by happenstance. <laughs> I didn't plan it that way. Um, some, uh, one of my previous, uh, directors of nursing, I wanted to go straight into education after I finished my master's and she was like, no, you know, I know that's what you want, but I have this role and I think you'd be a good fit. And she kind of gave me my start in leadership. And so that, you know, being that I was already in maternal health, I, you know, now was um, represented as leadership within that space, right? So the two, you know, kept, it's, it's, it's the synergy, right? They just kept come, uh, intertwining. But I will tell you, I, I think I spoke to another colleague about this this week, is that I, although I was working in that field, wasn't quite aware of the severity of all of the inequities and disparities that we were facing, You'd hear anecdotes about, you know, um, what would happen at other facilities and just bits and sound bites here and there. I, you know, back then wasn't really into the literature as I am now. And but something, uh, one of the pivotal moments in my career was when I actually, um, in one of my leadership roles, experienced a maternal loss in the facility where I was working. And I think that something about that experience, when it hits home, <laughs> when it's in your face, when it's in your yard, and you can really touch it and feel it and experience it. And I, when I say experience it, I mean, I was in the thick of it, holding family members who were distraught, trying to keep my staff together, trying to keep my own composure, right? Something like that doesn't leave you. And I said, well, if I'm going to be working in this field. Um, I have to use my knowledge and experience to try to make a difference, right? And I can't just be business as usual. And so that's kind of what lit the spark for my advocacy efforts in both spaces. One, because I know that now I, you know, I became aware of the issues with the maternal health outcomes. But the other thing is working as a leader in that space 
as a minority, you realize how few of us there are. And so those two things have really been um, um, fueling my passion. Yeah, you brought up a really good point about, you know, mentorship, someone saying, Dr. D, look at this opportunity. Mm-hmm. And that was like the start of everything. Yes. I think mentorship is so important. And, and I think people um, don't give it enough um, significance mm-hmm. just in personal and professional development. So I think that that was pivotal for you, right? Absolutely. In, in what you're doing now. Yeah, I think mentorship is absolutely foundational to um, achieving any level of maturity and, and success professionally. You have to have someone who knows a little bit more than you to be to just be quite frank, right? <laughs> Who's maybe experienced and been where you're trying to go. Um, that insight is so, so, so precious. It can save you from major, major pitfalls and mistakes, right? And yes, we're going to learn by our own trial and error. If you have somebody who can help guide you and say, no, don't step over there, (laughs) you know, um, it's so, so helpful. And also I consider this person that I mentioned before as a sponsor, right? Because I, you know, didn't necessarily have to pursue the role, right? She kind of just spoke it up for me, right? She, she created the pathway for me to step into this position. And so I think it's really really key and it's one of the things that I I teach is that you have to build relationships with people who can open doors that maybe you wouldn't otherwise be able to to open right that's really I'm glad key. you said that your sponsor opposed to your advisor or yes. your mentor so I, I love it's that different right there's certain I think this person was more so like she saw something in me she thought I'd be a good fit and she advocated for me to to get to where I needed to, from point A to point B as opposed to a mentor where they'll help kind of guide you into becoming your best self right whatever that looks like um because they've had they they've had that lived experience right and so that's more of supportive mm-hmm. yeah and and i think you know in terms of you know sponsorship someone being your sponsor it's always like you want to do your best so networking doing your best showing up and also taking opportunities because you didn't yeah. have to step inside. You just said, absolutely not. I'm not right. ready. So it's definitely, you know, having those individuals that can see the picture outside the frame. Cause sometimes we're in the picture. We don't know what's going on. Yes. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. Which is why those two roles are so key because the mentor sometimes can see from a thousand foot view, what you can't. Right. Um, because they've just, you know, had the experience longer. Um, he said something, oh man, risk, right? The, the opportunities can present themselves, but if you don't go after it, there's always going to be a love, an element of risk and maybe even some fear and anxiety involved in pursuing um, your calling, your passion, um, another career move, whatever it is. Um, but that risk is kind of what grounds you as a human being, right? That fear, but you can't allow it to overtake um, or overshadow your desire to move on to the next level or to pursue this new, this new thing, whatever the thing is, right? Um, 
it's with everything in life that you want, there's going to be a level of risk to it. But you kind of just have to say to yourself, do I want I want this more than I am afraid of it? So do it afraid. <laughs> if you're not afraid. Yes. You're doing something wrong. Exactly. <laughs> you a little, I'm not sure, but uh-huh. yeah. That's healthy, that's what, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's where the mentor comes in, right? To help you through that. Yes. Right. Yes. So. And the more advice and guidance you can get through, you know, get, you can get through it. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about how you're helping women of color out there become leaders. Sure. Yeah. So um, I have, like I mentioned, a nonprofit organization called the League of Extraordinary Black Nurses, which was founded um, on the premise of leadership, scholarship and mentorship. Um, those are three guiding principles. I think those are three key areas where as black nurses, we may not get the most support. And so we offer educational opportunities, workshops, a mentorship program. We had our first Nurses Week scholarship celebration last um, in 2021, where we um, gave away uh, two scholarships, small scholarships, but still, you know, those books cost a lot. <laughs> <laughs> to some um, nursing students um, and also gave uh, some awards to recognize the efforts of, of uh, Black nurses and sometimes our achievements aren't celebrated enough. So that's um, that's one way that I've been helping in that space. But um, my um, other business, my consulting business, is um, I've been doing coaching one-to-one individual career coaching. And I also created a signature curriculum called the Seacole Effect. And is it okay if I talk, talk a little bit about what that is? Absolutely. I want to <laughs> okay. know more. I want to know everything about it. Okay. Awesome. So the Seacole Effect was born out of my dissertation research, my doctoral dis- dissertation research, which was a study on um, what it is like while becoming a a CNO, being Black and female. So I interviewed 10 CNOs at the time, um, all Black, all female, and they talked about their lived experiences, right? How did they get there, right? We know that that role is severely underrepresented as it it relates to, to, to Black nurses, um, but they were able to achieve that level of success. So they had to have some kind of code book or something that, you know, the insight that they could share with us. <laughs> so um, the results of that study helped to inform this curriculum that I developed for the Seacole effect. It is called the Seacole effect. Uh, it's named for our pioneering Black nurse, Mary Seacole who doesn't get the same attention that, um, as, as Florence Nightingale, um, who incidentally, you know, they were, um, they're, they're honored now for um, their efforts during the same war, the Crimean War. But her name wasn't um, highlighted for many obvious reasons, right? Um, but she was one who was... Um, trained as a nurse um, through a familial um, traditional medicine and healing practices. And prior to the Crimean War, she had already traveled all around the world, the Caribbean, South um, America, 
helping with various disease outbreaks. So this was someone experienced and knowledgeable. She asked if she could participate in the Crimean War efforts as a nurse, right, alongside Miss Nightingale, but she was denied that opportunity. And so she created something else for herself, right? She created a hospital um, or um, uh, like a hotel to convalesce uh, wounded soldiers from that war. And that is what she's recognized most for now. Um, but in that same spirit of defiance and resilience and just saying, okay, well, if you're going to close this door to me, that doesn't mean that my passion and my calling as a leader in this space goes to waste. I'm going to create my own space, right? Um, and that I've, ever since I learned of her story, which I didn't come to know till many, 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 many years into my nursing career, <laughs> um, even as a Black woman, even as a Jamaican nurse, I didn't know about her. Um, and so once I did, I was like, okay, no, I, I'm obsessed. And now everybody else also needs to be obsessed with me <laughs> and know yeah. her story. Okay. Um, so that's the combination. It's a result of my um, research where I took the results and created a curriculum to inform and develop and support minority nurse leaders, because it's a little different when um other leaders don't look like you. Your lived experience might be a little bit different in that space. And I wanted them to be prepared. I want them to have strategies for success from other people who have done it, right? Um, and their best practices. So that's what the curriculum is about. And now I offer, I'm, I just launched a new version of it. It used to be a three-hour masterclass, but every time I taught it, I realized, there's so much more I need to cover that I can't fit into this small time. So I've expanded it now into a group coaching um, format and currently accepting registrants for the first cohort of that. And how long is the program now? So the program um, in its new version will be eight um, group coaching sessions spread out over the course of four months. Um, and each session will be roughly about 90 minutes and um, it'll be a topic of focus for, for the sessions, but um, registrants will also get uh, one coaching session individually with me. They'll also get access to a, a private um, online community where additional things will be offered in that group outside of those eight sessions those eight groups of coaching sessions. So they'll get other content and support from other experts in the field as well. And so that's a, that's a brief description of, of how the program would run. Yeah, I think that's awesome. That community piece is so important. So, yeah. so important. And I'm glad that you built it out because, you know, three hours is definitely not enough, especially if you're looking for sustainable change or you're looking for transformation. And, and Mary Seacole just sounds like an amazing woman who blazed her own trail. So it's only right that you're helping other yes. Black nurses blaze their own trail in leadership. Yes, yes. So, so I want to ask you, Mary Seacole and yourself, what are some parallels? Or do you see any parallels like from, you know, her life experience to, to yours? Um, I definitely do see some, right? Besides the obvious, um, <laughs> being Black nurses, um, being Jamaican of the Jamaican descent. Um, I think just her, I've always been told, well, so my mom um, used to always tell me, my child, when you want something, you're like a dog with a bone. Like 
<laughs> by any means necessary. You're going to get it done. Either you're going to get it done or you're going to get it, find a way to get it. And I think I do see that parallel with, with her. It's like, she knew she had a calling. She knew she had a purpose. She could be helpful, right? And just because she was denied by those who were in the seat of power didn't mean that that negated her her, her um, purpose, right? So I'm going to find another way to do it. And so I think that's what I'm seeing um, develop in myself now as, you know, starting two businesses in a pandemic, <laughs> having to pivot, you know, um, you know, and go and, and actually just started another, comp- another business venture um, that I, I opened up access to another talent that was kind of laying dormant. It's just, I see many similarities with, with the way that she did what she did, um, defying the odds, you know, not listening to what anybody has to say, not waiting for the right and perfect moment, right? Because she could have said, okay, well, I'll just apply for the next war. <laughs> so, you know, I'm just, I'm being flippant, but she was like, no, this is the one I'm going, right? Um, and so sometimes we try to, wait for the best conditions, the the best conditions in our mind um, to start something. And I've, um, at least within the past couple of years, just said to myself, you know what, if I have the vision and I have the wherewithal to make it happen, even if I don't have the complete package together, if it's something that I'm purposed to do, Mm. I'm just going to take a step out on faith and do it. Yeah. You said my word purpose. And yeah. it feels like an imperfect action. As long as you're, and I, I say this all the time, people are probably tired of me saying this, but as long as you're aligned with your purpose, things will flourish. And you're doing yes. it for the, the, your, your intention is pure. You want to help. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're, you're really filling a, a huge gap <laughs> there. <laughs> but, you know, your intentions are pure. So you're definitely going to see your way. I wanted to kind of go back and you said a talent that's dormant. Is this something else in addition to it? you already told us about so okay so sure we could tap into that for a moment yes I want to know everything (laughs) yes so you know what's what's the the, what's the saying that necessity is it necessity is the mother of invention or something like that so when I started my businesses of course you know you don't always have the biggest budget to start from right and um, you know I had hired a coach the person to build the the website and to do, you know, some visual um, promo graphics and stuff. And then, you know, as time went on, I realized, okay, I'm going to need some more graphics, you know, I'm going to need some more advertising materials. And, you know, the waiting process, she was, the person I use is excellent and I still use her. I'm one of her VIP clients, so she's never getting rid of me. (laughs) But in those in-between moments, right, I realized, okay, I'm going to have to help myself a little bit because I can't afford to keep, you know, and paying. And um, and I started doing them myself. I started doing my own visual um, graphics my for my social media posts and, you know, for my email blasts and anything um, um, visually related to the businesses. And I taught myself how to do them. And I was like, I like this. 
<laughs> this is actually fun for me. Right. It's something that um, was born out of uh, a need to be resourceful, but I actually find it, you know, I use the word therapeutic. I absolutely, when I'm in my zone creating something, um, it just, I don't know, something just came out of me in that space. And so this year, I, you know, people always compliment me on the graphics that I use to promote my business. And I was like, well, this could be its own business. <laughs> And when I tell you, it hasn't been like two weeks and I've already gotten so much feedback and, and clients, you know, <laughs> pouring in. I just um, signed my first retainer yesterday where they'll keep me on, you know, to for a, a, a year and I give them whatever they need, you know. And I was like, nobody's going to book this. <laughs> yes, well. You know, in comparison to people who have gone to school for this stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. I definitely would never take their credit away. I still can't do all the stuff that my person that I use can do. I will never get to the probably never get to that level. Right. Or I'll be behind. But I, when I tell you the support and the encouragement that it gave me to see people are actually willing to invest in this. This is what I'm saying is like, you can't wait to, you know, what if I would have said, I need to take a couple more courses and become more credible first before I'd start doing this. Right. And for the person who does that, that's great because you should always want to expand your knowledge base and hone your craft, which I also will do, but I didn't have to, I, I decided not to wait and the blessings are already starting to pour in. So sometimes you just have to take that first step and just put it out there. And um, the other part of that was I struggled with, well, this has nothing to do with nursing or healthcare or, but, you know, it's another part of who I am and I don't have to limit myself to just who I am professionally. If I have other gifts and talents that could help other people. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, like you said, we're not just nurses. There's so many more entities to us as individuals. We're mm-hmm. individuals first. Nursing yep. is just part of the pie. It's not the pie. Right. Piece of the pie, slice of the pie. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to kind of go back, and your graphics are beautiful, by the way. Thank you. They're, they're <laughs> gorgeous. If you guys have not seen them, you have to follow her. We'll definitely get her information at the end. Thank I want to go back to the C-Cole effect. Sure. That, that course you have. What do you think institutions can do or... Um, <laughs> corporate sectors can do to increase the amount of black and brown people in the space. So in nursing and nursing leadership and C-suites, what are, what are some things that, you know, people can think about implementing into their current um, institutions? Absolutely. Um, I think starting internally, just to do a temperature check on where you are, right. Um, one, do you have the representation, right? Does the mix of your employees, even at the, throughout all levels of the hospital, but in particular, we're discussing leadership right now. Does your leadership team reflect the population that you're serving, right? Let's start there. <laughs> um, but, if, and if it doesn't, why, right? You kind of have to do a needs analysis first in order to address uh, or or strategize, right, for improvement. And so 
if the leaders also you have to take a temperature check on the leaders that you do have right the diverse or minority leaders that you do have do you feel supported you know what can we we do as an organization to make you feel a sense of belonging right not just that you work here and you check a box because you're a minority but do you feel that you belong here do you feel your ideas are valued um, what can we do to support you, to develop you, right? Are there opportunities for growth that, that you've identified for yourself that we can assist you to achieve, right? Um, and having those difficult conversations about how, if and if you do have an underrepresentation problem, which you probably do, <laughs> then how can we make this environment more inclusive for you? Right. And then there are all the other um, uh, aspects in terms of, and this is going to take years to, to, to try to chip at this. And we've, we're making leeway because we're making strides towards it because other professional organizations have identified it and made it priority in terms of the pipeline. Right. So I, I, I'm currently in full time academia and I'm not seeing the, applications coming in for minorities as much as I would like, <laughs> right? So there's an issue there that I just had this conversation with a colleague. Why aren't we getting more applicants from the front end into the profession, right? To then be at the bedside, to have more representation at the bedside, but also to then develop them to become tomorrow's leaders, and so we have to kind of look at that as well outside of your own individual organization. Um, and also I touched on developing leaders at the bedside. Everybody is not going to be in a leadership position, but how can we also develop the leadership mindset in the role as a staff nurse amongst your staff, right? Um, as an institution. And so I think those are some of the areas um, partnering with community organizations as well, right? Um, and also our um, our professional membership organizations and governing bodies. We all have to, you know, we may not come up with one perfect plan, but all have to be doing something that's not just performative, <laughs> but is like you said, I, something you said about the ongoing, the maintenance of it, right? It can't be a one and done. This has to be a daily commitment over and over again checking it, rechecking it, you know, um, planning all over again and implementing music. It has to be an ongoing cycle because the more attention that we give to it, right, the more that we'll see the generational change that we, we'd like to achieve. I think that is totally spot on, that pipeline. Mm -hmm. that pipeline. But I also think for Black nurses as well, we have to feel empowered too. Mm -hmm. To start the conversation, right? Because you may have a leader who has the title, but not really the true ability to lead. Yes. So you don't want to put your career development in the hands of that person. Oh, I'm so happy you said that. <laughs> yes. So, come on. Talk totally to me agree. a little bit about that. Talk, talk to me totally a little bit about agree. that. You have to be inspired as within your own individual self, right? Um, you have to become like that dog with the bone. You do. Um, because sometimes you'll find a great leader who will invest in your growth and development 
And I've been blessed throughout my career to have several that pour into me. Um, but sometimes you have to seek it for yourself. And even in my research, that's one of the findings, right? Time and time again, each of these leaders would say to me, there weren't opportunities for growth provided by their organizations. And they had to make an investment. They had to pay for a personal coach, right? To learn how to do public speaking. They had to uh, reach out to their networks and find mentors um, and, and, and mentors outside of nursing to help um, cultivate them as well-rounded leaders, right? The business aspect is not something we focus on in a clinical profession, right? But as, as a nurse leader, you're going to have to learn how to manage resources, how to do a budget, right? Um, those types of things. So, you know, reaching out to somebody in, in finance, you know, to mentor you, learning what, what you even need. You're like, what do I need to know? <laughs> so sometimes you have to seek those answers for yourself and go to conferences and read the literature, right? The subscriptions that you get to the journals of your professional organization, read them, find out what's going on in the landscape of nursing, right? There's so much that you can do for yourself as well, right? But you have to have a sense of internal motivation and the right mindset that goes with that. You have to invest in yourself. We yes. have to invest in ourselves and not just financially. Yes, you need financial investment too, but you have to invest your time, your knowledge. It's continuous. Um, I have two questions. One is, do you work with organizations in terms of looking at, you know, their landscape, doing an analysis and helping them develop a plan to maybe increase the number of black and brown nurses in their organization? That is something I have something coming up, right? So that is the space that I'm trying to infiltrate. Um, other than the the um the one-to-one coaching and the the group coaching that I do, I do want to get into more organizational efforts to help improve these things. Um, I can't say much about it right now, but I'm in talks with um, an organization to help create some leadership development programming. Um, so absolutely would love to work um, with uh, uh, an organization, a hospital or hospital system to try to strategize with them and do the, like I said, the needs assessment about what's you know going on within the organizations to help them improve their outcomes. So absolutely. Yeah, I even envision an organization, a hospital, enrolling some nurses into your sequel effect. Oh, that's, yes, yes. And then <laughs> even seeing the trajectory right yes. after that to yes. even, you know what I mean? So yes. I think, you know, leaders who are listening, if you are in a healthcare space and you have nurses who you think would, you know, be a good fit for, you know, this program, I think yeah. it'll be a good pilot even, you know, to, to really see the trajectory on the other end of that. I think that would be amazing. That's how I, that's how I envision it. I, yes, envision yeah, it. I would love that. And I had the same vision too, because I, it, you know, on the site, it says that, you know, if you're interested as an organization to do, um, you know, a special cohort for your nurses, or it doesn't even have to be a separate cohort. If you want to sponsor a nurse to join the current cohort that I'm getting ready to have, you know, either way. And I, I totally agree with you there, Wendy. Yeah. And how can they get in contact with you? We didn't mention that. Sure. 
So I, I tried to make it easy. <laughs> um, uh, you can just go to the website. Everything um, that you need to know to contact me is there. You can directly send me an email from there. You can book an appointment with me from there. The website is www.iamdrd.com. Um, doctor is spelled all the way out and D is just the initial. <laughs> so iamdrd.com. Um, there's a whole page dedicated to the sequel effect, booking instructions, how to get in contact with me. Um, it's all there. All right. I have one more question for you before we get to our rapid fire and wrap up this wonderful discussion. I'll definitely have to have you back. Um, <laughs> what is one thing you would tell a Black nurse who's listening to this right now, who's just feeling defeated and like she can't really contribute to anything because, you know, we're in the midst of COVID, stress levels are high. There's so much going on. What's one piece of advice you can give this one listener who may be listening right now? Um, well, first I would say, don't, don't feel defeated. Um, as a nurse, just your degree alone, uh, your training alone um, has prepared you to just be such a dynamic individual. Not only are you able to care for um, the health of others, right, but we're, um, we're caregivers in every sense of the word, right? We're, we're uh, uniquely skilled and have the knowledge to affect the health of not only individuals, but communities, right? And if you're feeling defeated, right, start where you are, right? Start with who's around you. Um, what are you passionate about? And how can you make a difference in just you know, your nucleus of, of folks around you. There's, there's no coincidence that nursing has been voted the most trusted um, profession for all these many years in a row consecutively. People love nurses, right? So if you have that credential, you are already a cut above, right? There's so much in you, <laughs> not just through your training. The training is the icing on the cake. Right. But you as a person individually have so much to offer when you add that nursing training to it. Boy, I, there's nothing you we can do so much. We can do. That. So you have to recognize the power that you hold just by holding that title of nurse. There's so much that you can do. And if you're feeling defeated, you know, like what can I as an individual do? <clears throat> there's so much going on around me. There's no possible way I can make a difference. That's not true. This, you can influence the people right in your circle, and that will have a ripple effect, right? I, uh, I'll give you an example. Um, when um, the Biden administration had chosen their, the folks who were going to be a part of the COVID uh, task force, which where are they, by the way? Anyway, that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> have you heard me? I, you know, but... <laughs> um, there was no nurse. I mean, the nerve. How can you impact systems, at a, a, a healthcare, a, a pandemic, right? Something that affects health and healthcare for the entire globe. And you didn't include the largest part of the healthcare workforce? Like, come on. So I was infuriated, just like probably many other nurses. And I was just like, I don't know. What, what can I do about this? I'm just one person. 
I'm sure there are other people that feel like me. And then the light bulb went off. I was like, that's it. You just have to connect with one other person who's like-minded and another person. And, and it, it, there's a ripple effect. And I started a petition. There were others, right? I'm not the only one that started a petition. But you see, like the collective effort of just one person saying, let me start this. Just start. Just start where you are and in your nucleus. It will ripple out. And even if you just touch one person you've already made a difference. Absolutely. And then when, while you were saying that, I wanted to say people always talk about social media. I met you on social media. So social media is so powerful if you utilize it to your advantage, not just going on, just looking and seeing, but really engage and tap into the people who are like-minded, who's who's on the same plane as you, you know? So very powerful during this time. I was never on social media until the pandemic hit and it has been, it changed my whole world. Absolutely. My my whole world. So so, go ahead. I was just going to say, um, uh, as my colleague, Ernice Williams, she's uh, um, your nurse lawyer on Instagram would say, y'all got to get on LinkedIn. Okay. <laughs> that is uh, untapped. I'm telling you, I've made so many connections on LinkedIn. If you're talking about professional networking, get with it. <laughs> key word, connection. Connection. Connection is the key word. Reach out to somebody today. That's your nugget. (laughs) Reach out to someone today and visit Dr. D's website. Yes. So before we go, I just want to take your rapid fire. Is that okay? Sure. All right. So let me know the first thing that comes to your mind to answer these questions or finish uh, the the phrase. Wellness means? Mm, Whole. (laughs) That's what I hear when I... When you said wellness, I think of being whole, right? Um, embracing all of who you are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. And then taking the steps to make sure that you're whole. Yeah. Yes. I know I'm stressed when. Ooh, when I can't sleep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I guess my go-to, your go-to stress management solution is? Traveling. Mm. Yeah, you just you went to you were in Africa. Where did you go? You went oh, somewhere recently. So um, there was uh, supposed to be a trip scheduled to Africa with everything going on with Omicron and everything. We weren't able to go through with it. But I am an avid traveler. Mm. You get I will book a ticket in a second. I, I love to. Ju- it's something about getting out of your own space and seeing other parts of the world, how people live. And even if you're just not doing anything, but just laying on a beach somewhere to de-stress, decompress. I love to travel. Sounds good to me. The last time I had a belly laugh was? Oh my goodness. Ah, it had to be, uh, uh, you know what? Every day I find something to laugh <laughs> with a friend. <laughs> you gotta find, I, you know, I can't really pinpoint it. It's often, it That's is often. Good. Because I, 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 a person in my personal life, I try not to take myself too seriously. So my friends and I always, um, if you look through my phone, it's always a meme or a post or something, somebody, you know, to just make it through the day. You just have to find reasons, purposefully find reasons to laugh. Absolutely. (laughs) The last book I read was? 
Oh boy. I gotta find the title. Let me tell you about it. Sorry, I can't remember the title. Let me find That's it okay. for you. Ah, well, probably the last book I was um I was reading was a maternity textbook, but that's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's not fun. Or some research article. Uh, oh, where's my um, where's my books app? I just um, I just started it. It's called "How the Word Is Passed" by Clint Smith, and it's basically talking about the history of slavery and how its effect affects in America. How the word is passed. Yeah. Oh, that that sounds like a really interesting book. Mm-hmm. I'm nice. about one chapter in so far, but it's it's good. It's very yeah, good. I'll have to check that out. Mm-hmm. And my last question is: one thing I learned about myself during the pandemic is, mm. don't put things off. <laughs> Take advantage of every moment. Live fully in every moment no regrets, uh, you know, show, show people how you feel about them when you can. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That you can. Mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being here. This was great. And we will definitely have to have you back. Thank you so much. This was fun. I, you know, I could talk to you all day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm mad it's taking us this long to actually sit down and do it, but I'm so comfortable. I'm like, let's go. <laughs> so yes. anytime, I'll be happy to come back. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. Between episodes, you can follow the Nurse Wellness Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Before you go, I would love to share a free mindfulness ebook with you. Go to stressblueprint.com backslash 35 and download your free copy. Until next time, go out and be your best, do your best, and give your best. If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Medicine in America, hosted by Anthony Manson and Todd Harrington, shares the stories of physicians, other healthcare professionals, and industry leaders who are changing the way we deliver care. There's an episode that you should check out called Primary Care Reimagined with Subscription-Based Preventative Care Model. It's an inspiring call for a paradigm shift in primary care. All of their episodes highlight innovative ideas at the forefront of the movement to transform our healthcare system. Check out Medicine in America on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.